0: Welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode. We're going to do another Q&A today here on the podcast. And uh, I got a bunch of really good questions to dive into. I'll give you a quick rundown here at the top of the episode to uh, just let you know what topics we're going to cover today. Uh, the first question I received, and I, I received these in a number of places, primarily uh, via both Instagram and TikTok. So if you don't follow me on either of those platforms already, uh, make sure that you do um, at Chris Gates Fitness on, well, basically everywhere, but those two places in particular. Um, I get a lot of questions on social media and some questions from my clients, and I try to combine all of them uh, a couple times a month into podcast q and So today, the five questions we're going to talk about. Question number one, is it okay to eat donuts at night? I've heard of, uh, that I can't if I want to lose weight. I'm going to maybe broaden that a little bit. More to just talk about what foods should you not eat and what foods can you eat if you want to lose weight. That's question number one. Question number two uh, After doing Weight Watchers for years, how can I change my mindset from points to macros? Because Weight Watchers uses points essentially to tally up your food. So we're going to talk about how you can change that type of mindset. Uh, Question number three. What's the best way to prepare for a first-time cut, for getting into a weight loss or a fat loss phase for the first time? What's the best way to prepare yourself? Question number four, is it bad to stretch before you lift weights? And then question number five uh, is one that uh, is somebody asked about me and my background with coaching. I thought this would be a great uh, place to, to talk about it. Where did you learn how to create a strength training program? Uh, is it from formal education, books, the internet, where and how. So I'll talk a little bit uh, just about my background as a coach and, and how I've learned how to do some of this stuff. So I'm super excited to dive into all of that, I think, it's going to be a really beneficial episode. Really quickly, before we do, uh, as always here on the podcast, I'd like to remind you that I am a coach. Um, I coach people all over the world to build muscle, burn fat, uh, and really just you know develop the healthy habits that you can and should through fitness and nutrition to set yourself up, set my clients up for uh, a lifetime of success with managing your body weight, body composition, and whatever fitness goals that you have, uh, as well as your long-term health. So if you're interested in getting some help to do those things, build muscle, burn fat, get healthier, uh, and learn about fitness and nutrition, Um, there is a link to my coaching page in the show notes of this episode. Check that out and uh, it'll take you to my website where you can learn a whole bunch of information about what the coaching process is like, uh, how me and my clients work together, and you can even find testimonials from some of my current and past clients to learn about what some of the things are that they've achieved. My clients are Amazing. I love working with them and uh, they blow me away every day and every week. So I recommend you check that out. And lastly, since you're listening to the podcast, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. The podcast is everywhere that you could listen to podcasts. Uh, So make sure you subscribe. Um, And if you haven't already and you can take one to two minutes Leave a rating and a review. A five-star rating really helps the podcast reach more people, and that's the goal here with these episodes is to provide uh, the right information about fitness and nutrition to people so that you can learn how to do things sustainably and effectively, um, and uh, the more people we can reach, the more people I can reach, the better, and I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So, Okay, with that, let's dive into first question of the episode. Is it okay to eat donuts at night? I've heard I can't if I want to lose weight. And it's very common to hear that there are foods that you can't eat or times of day that you can't eat if you want to lose weight because a lot of people say that stuff, especially on the internet, especially in fitness social media, in health and wellness social media. um, A lot of people have different plans and different programs that they want to sell you. They have different ideas that they like to promote to make you think that their way of doing things is the most novel and new, and nobody's talked about it before, but it's the one way to make progress. It's the secret. Um, unfortunately for those people, and I guess unfortunately for us, there are no magic secrets to any, uh, any of the processes of trying to lose weight. Uh, there is just quite simply doing the right things over and over and over again, day after day, consistently for an extended period of time. That's how you lose weight. Now, in terms of like foods that you can and cannot eat, There are quite literally zero foods on the planet Earth that you are not allowed to eat if you want to lose weight. There are zero foods on the planet Earth that will prevent you from losing weight, and there are no times of day that will ruin your weight loss progress. You you need to adjust the way you view this type of stuff to understand that like this all comes down to energy balance, whether you're losing weight, whether you're gaining weight or whether you're remaining weight stable. It's the amount of calories that you're eating on a consistent, regular basis. And the easiest way to figure that out is like, how many calories are you eating every day? You can eat a donut in the morning, at lunch, right before bed. As long as that donut fits within whatever amount of calories you need to be eating to be in a calorie deficit and lose weight, you will lose weight. Now, that donut could potentially... Make the scale go up tomorrow. If you eat that donut tonight before bed, you may see the scale go up tomorrow, and that could be because of a number of things, and none of them actually have anything to do with the donut ruining your progress, um, because you could still be in a calorie deficit, wake up tomorrow, and your scale weight could go up, because things like stress, and hormones, and sodium, and so many other factors, hydration... um, how, how was your bowel movement yesterday? Like uh, so many different things throughout the course of the day, every single day, will impact whether your scale weight goes up or down. And a lot of people, like they'll eat a donut at night and wake up tomorrow and the scale goes up two pounds and they think like, oh, the donut is the problem. But the donut's not the problem there may not be any problem at all. Your weight just may have fluctuated up. You may have retained a little more water weight from yesterday into today, and the scale weight went up. So as long as you're managing your calories uh, effectively, as long as you're in a calorie deficit, and that donut fits within whatever the amount of calories are that get you in a calorie deficit, let's say, we'll use a very easy number, let's say 2,000 calories gets you in a calorie deficit. If that donut is 250 calories, and you adjust what you eat throughout the rest of the day to make sure that you hit 2,000 calories along with eating that donut, you are in a calorie deficit. You are going to lose weight if you continue to do that consistently. And the timing of day has no impact on whether your body gains fat or loses fat. The time of day can impact what the scale looks like tomorrow because if, you know, I mean, this is just like logical stuff. If you eat more food at the end of the day today than you normally do, you're going to wake up and be heavier tomorrow, even if it's the same amount of calories you eat every day, because you just have more physical food weight in your body, like that's how it happens, that, that food is still digesting or hasn't digested yet, so it's sitting in your body, and since it's sitting in your body, it's in your body when you step on the scale, and so the scale may be up, that's completely normal, um, so, you know, a lot of stuff there to explain, like, Is it okay to eat donuts at night? Yes, it is absolutely okay. There are no restrictions on food. There are no restrictions on the time of day regarding when or when you can't eat food. You can eat food at any time of day. Your only restriction, if you want to lose weight, needs to be the amount of calories you're eating on a consistent basis every day. You need to be in a calorie deficit consistently to lose body fat. Whatever foods you eat, it doesn't matter as long as you're in a calorie deficit. Now, the last thing I'll say is it is important, though, to acknowledge the fact that donuts are a what you would consider a calorie-dense food. That means it's a small amount of food that comes with a relatively large amount of calories. If you're constantly eating donuts and cookies and cake and ice cream, it's going to make it very hard for you to stay in a calorie deficit. And I think that is, again, another illogical thing. You can be in a calorie deficit eating those foods, but it's harder. It's considerably harder. So the the one-off donut every once in a while I think is perfectly fine. I think you should have that if you want to have it at night. Go for it uh, because it's important to have some of those foods that you love in your diet consistently. It's going to make your diet less miserable. It's going to make you stick to things longer because you know you can have some of those foods, Uh, but they can't be all of the foods most of the time. Uh, So that is important to mention as well, but no restrictions on the food you eat or the time of day you eat. You just need to be in a calorie deficit. Question number two, after doing Weight Watchers for years, how can I change my mindset from points points? to macros, I'm afraid to make that change. This is a really interesting question. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I don't, like there are a lot of diet plans or programs that I hate. <laughs> Weight Watchers is not necessarily one of them. I, I kind of respect the fact that Weight Watchers promotes the idea of flexible dieting and you can eat Virtually any foods that you want as long as they're fitting within some type of framework that helps you lose weight like that's essentially what I coach my clients to do and that's what I really believe everybody should understand how to do Um, only like when I work with my clients we use the actual calories for each Piece of food because I think it's important to understand truly how many calories are associated with a lot of the common food groups that you're going to eat all the time. Um, so I like Weight Watchers. I like a lot of what Weight Watchers does, but it does make it confusing that they use points instead of calories. I think there's like a little bit of a gap there in terms of how much it could teach you. But I do understand that using points makes it simpler, right? Like adding up a five-point meal, a six-point meal, a ten-point meal that's 21 points like that's very easy to do when as opposed to trying to add up like 1750 calories throughout the course of the day Um, in terms of making that switch and changing your mindset from points to macros and calories there's really no other way to do it than to just get started and this applies to even people who have never tracked their nutrition before but want to so if you listening if you want to try tracking nutrition this this is going to apply to you as well You just need to get started because absolutely nobody, and and I'll be completely transparent with you. Whenever I bring a new client on and we're tracking nutrition, I provide a a detailed program overview before we actually start with day one of their program. We we go through onboarding. We talk a lot about likes, dislikes, training, nutrition, all that type of stuff. And for the nutrition piece of everybody's program, I outline what the starting nutritional goals are going to be. And in that program overview for every single client I have, I make it very clear. I say, I do not expect you to be perfect when you start. The only thing I expect from you is that you're going to give it your best effort and try. Because honestly, like getting started with tracking your nutrition, getting started with understanding the calories that come with the food that you eat is going to and has to involve making some mistakes. It just has to. You're never going to get that correct immediately right from the start and that's okay there's always going to be a learning curve involved with anything new that you try whether it's training related nutrition related or anything else in life so expect that you're going to make some mistakes but those are good because when you make mistakes that's what actually helps you learn how to do this stuff the most effectively that you can so there's nothing wrong with you know tracking something thinking it was a certain amount of calories. Realizing that you didn't track it right and you ate like 200 more calories. But that, because like if that helps you, you recognize that there was a mistake and you'll fix that mistake the next time. And those 200 calories aren't going to ruin anything about your body or your health. It's just, an extra, a couple hundred extra calories that day. Okay, no big deal. Let's move forward and do it better the next time. Um, making mistakes is how you learn. Making mistakes is not going to ruin your progress. It's actually going to set you up to be able to make a maximum amount of progress down the road because you're going to learn what works best for you. You're going to learn how to track, how to understand the calorie content, the protein, fats, and carbs that go with the meals that you eat and the foods that you eat. Um, And I would really recommend that you, on my website, if, if you just Google Chris Gates Fitness or just Google Chris Gates how to track your macros, I have a full article on how to track your macros that'll give you an overview of like what the process is gonna be like. And if you read through that, a lot of the gray area of like how to get started is probably gonna be taken out for you. Like you, you'll feel a lot more confident if you check that article out. Um, but like, it, like I said, uh, you, you shouldn't expect yourself to be perfect. You should expect that you're gonna make mistakes and you need to understand and accept the fact that making those mistakes is okay, and it's actually good, and it's actually gonna set you up for the most progress you can make moving forward, because mistakes are how you learn how to do this stuff right. All right, question number three. What's the best way to prepare for a first time cut? The first time you're diving into a weight loss phase or fat loss phase, what are the things you should do to prepare for it? Um, The first place I think you should start is thinking long and hard about the foods that you enjoy and the foods that you really want to continue to eat. Like there are, there are I think with everybody we all have certain snacks that we gravitate to. We have certain like breakfasts, lunches and dinners that we eat probably at least a few times a week. That's very very common. Most people don't eat something brand new every time they sit down to eat. We all have foods we gravitate to. So take a look at some of those foods that you gravitate to. What foods do you enjoy? And I would recommend that you try to make it a plan to keep them in there at least occasionally. It's very, very hard to drastically change your diet and make progress that's sustainable. And if you're going into a cut, I want you, and I know you want you to go into that cut, be able to make progress and make that progress be sustainable. So like you continue looking and feeling good for an extended period of time. Um, so, if you keep those foods in there occasionally, it's going to make your diet more sustainable. And this is why, like, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I don't encourage people to do diets like keto or carnivore or any of these elimination diets that have you just like only eating like five things or removing an entire food group, like getting rid of every single individual carbohydrate from your diet Um, those diets are effective the reason I don't like people doing them the reason I don't encourage people to do them uh, is not because they're not effective they are effective at you losing weight Uh, but that weight loss is very rarely sustainable because after it's done you're gonna bring the foods back into your diet that you love you're not going to just like only eat steak the rest of your life. <laughs> That's going to be very, very hard to do. Um, so you're eventually going to bring those foods you love back into your diet. And you're, that 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 makes it very hard to then figure out how to manage your weight and, and hold on to that progress that you made because you only ate five foods for three months. Like it's just a bad, it's not a recipe for long-term success. So I encourage you to... Think again about those foods that you enjoy. Try to keep them in there at least occasionally. You know, try to have some of them each week. Um, that's really important. I also would recommend that you know. Once again, we we tend to, as humans, eat at relatively the same times every day because we have work, we have school, we have jobs, whatever. Like there are windows consistently Monday through Friday at least where we're eating at the same times every day, and I would continue. I would encourage you to do that as well um, because this is actually a hormonal thing. Like we have hormones that dictate our hunger levels and th- to make it as simple as possible. Like when you eat in a rhythm consistently like that for an extended period of time, your hunger hormones adjust to those windows of time where you eat. And you'll notice like the reason, like like if you were to, to skip a meal, if you like had lunch at noon normally and you had to push that lunch back to two, you'll notice at noon you start to get hungry And that's because your body is used to eating at that time and the hunger hormone comes on and makes you it tells your body, like, hey, this is time to eat. We need to get some food right now. Um, and, And that's why you feel that surge of hunger at those certain times. So I would encourage you to continue eating at the same times each day as well because if you can stay in that rhythm, align with your hunger hormones, it's going to reduce cravings a decent amount. And so, like, I understand that basically... What I just said could be interpreted as, okay, well, Chris said to eat exactly the same way and at the same exact times, so what the hell am I changing? I hear you. Yeah, I did say those things. We obviously do need to make some adjustments. The best way to prep for the cut, though, is to have those types of habits and routines in place. Now, obviously portion sizes are probably going to be need, need to be reduced. I would also encourage you to try and work in as many high-volume foods as you possibly can. So, you know, those lots of fruits and vegetables, um, lean meats, uh, carb sources like white rice or brown rice, these types of foods are going to help you feel as full as possible in a calorie deficit. And that's obviously very important for, again, making sustainable progress. Um, on that note, sustainable progress, I would also encourage you to not try and slash calories dramatically. Like right when you get started, that's something everybody seems to get very, um, they get itchy, right? You feel like, well, you know, if I'm going to cut, if I'm going to lose fat, let's try to do it as quickly as possible. So right now I eat 2,500 calories. I'm going to cut it in half. I'm going to eat 1200 calories and I'm going to do that for, I don't know, two months. And since I'm cutting half of my diet out, I'm going to make, Progress twice as quick. And that's not how it works. That's not how it ever works. Normally, how that works is you do that Monday through Friday. By the time Friday hits, you're so unbelievably hungry that you like binge eat on Saturday and Sunday. And you eat so much food that you're actually, for the week, you're out of a calorie deficit, you're in a calorie surplus. And then you have to start back over Monday again. And like this yo yo dieting process continues on and on and on and on and on. That may sound dramatic to you, but honestly, that is how it happens most of the time if you try to reduce your calories dramatically. So what I recommend you do is reduce your calories slightly to start and continue to make very slight adjustments over time as you need it. Uh, You don't need to dramatically reduce the amount of food or the amount of calories that you're eating to lose body fat. Again, that's not going to make it sustainable. I want you to be able to sustain this fat loss that you're going to make in this cut. So, do it responsibly. Do it logically. Reduce slightly, and give yourself time. You're not unless you're prepping for a bodybuilding show or like a some type of competition, some type of fitness or, or strength competition. You are not on a timeline. It does not matter how long it takes you to lose the amount of weight or the amount of body fat that you need to lose. You just need to lose it. You just want to lose it. So take time. Make it as sustainable as possible. There's no clock. There's no stopwatch. You're not racing anybody. It's you and making this progress, and that's all you need to worry about. Uh, And then the last thing I'll say is in terms of prepping for a cut, the training aspect of things is obviously a big part of anybody's weight loss plan. I would recommend that you don't change a lot about your training. This is a mistake I made a lot like decade ago where when I would go into a cut, I would think, okay, I need to really rethink what I'm doing here with my training program and I need to do more sets. I need to do more reps because when I'm in the gym, I need to be burning as many calories as possible. What I would recommend you do is don't do any of that. (laughs) Don't, don't learn. I want you to learn from my mistakes um, because You've made progress with building muscle and your strength training routine to this point. And what you want to do now is try to maintain as much of that progress as you can while losing body fat. And <clears throat> the best way for you to maintain that progress is to continue doing exactly what you're doing. So you don't need to add five more hours of cardio every week, you don't need to add 15 more sets you don't need to lift in the 20 to 30 rep range you don't need to make all these drastic changes you just need to basically keep doing exactly what you're doing and for fat loss for weight loss manipulate your calories manipulate manipulate your calories slightly and let your nutrition do the job of body fat losing body fat um don't think that like your training is going to do that okay don't change much about your training change your diet to lose body fat um And really, those are the things I think about when I go into, I'm in a cut right now. Those are the things I was thinking about when we, when I work with my clients, those are the things we think about as well. Question number four, is it bad to stretch before lifting weights? No. No. That's, that's the answer to that question. Uh, no, it's, you know, this is an interesting one. Um, because there is like this, this thought process or theory that if you stretch before lifting weights, you're going to ruin your, your performance with lifting weights. And like, there is some truth to that. If I'm being hundred percent honest, there is research that shows if you do static stretching, so static stretching is like holding a muscle in a stretch position for 10, 20, 30 seconds. Uh, if you're doing static stretching before you lift weights, you're going to negatively impact your performance with lifting weights. Um, it, it, what I think we're failing to recognize and acknowledge though, is that like the performance, the negative performance that you're going to see is like a minuscule percentage of what you could be doing in the gym. And I really think the whole stretching before lifting weights thing only applies to people who are strength athletes. I think if you're like a high-level athlete and you're focused on performance and that's the most important thing to you, then maybe, yeah, you should not do static stretching before you lift. But for the average Joe, for you and me, just trying to lift weights, build a little bit of muscle, burn fat, feel healthy, do what's good for our bodies stretching is actually something that's good for your body. And I think we would benefit all of us from doing more of it. So I think it's perfectly fine to stretch before you lift weights. I encourage a lot of my clients to do that. Um, Really, I think the best thing you can do is a combination of both static stretching and some type of active warm-up. And an active of warm-up could be you know like body weight squats before a leg day. It could be doing you know some banded work with resistance bands or with hip circles. It could be a little bit of foam rolling. like any combination of uh, some of those other warm-up routines um, is great. but I, I think if you have like so some things I can speak to myself, uh, my calves, they, they my calves tighten up consistently. After any type of lower body training that I do. So I always stretch them out before I do a lower body session. Before I squat, if I don't do this pigeon stretch where like I bring one leg up in front of me, I lean over top of it, stretch out my hips. If I don't do that, I can't squat as well. So I do that. I stretch my hips out for 30 seconds on either side. Um, and it actually helps me squat better. So like, there are some things that I think, you know, each person based on how you are formed and function and what you need. Static stretching may make a lot of sense. Um, and, and I don't think there's anything to worry about there. All right. Last question. Question number five, where did you learn how to create a strength program, formal education, or just books? Um, I appreciate the question and the interest on how I learned this type of stuff, and I'll try and be brief. Uh, I, I started by experimenting on myself, and I think that's where every coach tends to start. You, you get in the gym, you know a few things, you try them out on yourself, you see if they work or if they don't work, and then you ditch the things that don't work, and you kind of lean into the things that do work, and that's essentially what I did, and uh, I made... Virtually, I have made virtually every mistake you could possibly make with strength training. So, uh, back to like the first question I think it was were, um, no second question about weight watchers. I said, you learn by making mistakes. Oh boy. Did I learn? That was a very big educational experience for me. Just totally screwing things up on myself, uh, back in college. (laughs) That was that looking back, it was, it's kind of scary to think about what I was doing in the gym anyway. So that's where I started. From there, I kind of moved on to coaching friends and family in person, um, and I also went to grad school for this stuff. So, uh, you know, spent some time in grad school doing this, working in like exercise labs and stuff like that, which was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of that gave me more of like the the evidence based material behind why doing what we do works. Um and then from there, you know, like coaching people. Uh just coaching people helps you like you can understand every principle, you can read every book that you want to, but until you actually start coaching people and putting it into practice not only for yourself but for other individuals, um you don't really know what you're doing uh but until you start doing that and then once you start doing that you coach more people you start to learn okay like generally speaking i've done this uh, you know if you say like okay this one type of thing i've worked with like 30 people who have tried this for 25 of them it really worked out well generally speaking okay that's a principle that i think we can carry over to most people um and, and it just continues to be an educational experience. I, I don't think like any coach who's worth his or her weight uh, is, is ever done learning. If any coach thinks that they are done learning, then they're probably a really shitty coach. <laughs> so I just keep trying to learn. Um, I, I, I'm networked with a lot of other coaches who help me learn things every day. Um, my clients help me learn things every day. And uh, I don't know. It's just fun to... Continue to follow a lot of like the evidence based practitioners on this type of stuff, too, to um, learn what the research is saying. Like, I I read a lot of research reviews now, Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can go about it, but I think it all kind of starts with experimenting on yourself and then actually coaching people and uh, that's that's where I've learned how to create a strength program and um, so it's been kind of a combination of everything formal education books the internet other coaches working with people my own mistakes like it's just a whole big ball of experience over time (laughs) so uh, yeah it's been fun and uh, looking forward to doing more of it over the years but thank you for the questions this was a great episode i had a lot of fun i hope you enjoyed it too um and uh, i'm looking forward to doing another one uh, next week i think next week we'll dive into another one of those more hyper focused topics uh, but this was a good Q&A. I appreciate all the questions if you ever have a question that you want to be included on an upcoming podcast feel free to send it my way you can find me on any social media platform or my website chrisgatesfitness.com um yeah thanks for listening and uh, until next week i'll talk to you soon